Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Seven theories so far. Can you believe that it's our eighth episode? I can't actually. I really hope it's our eighth episode. I really hope it's our eighth episode too. If we're wrong, let us know in the comments. (laughs) We're talking about conspiracies. We're not talking about maths. It's fine. I don't do the math. (laughs) Um, but this one's this one's probably so far the one that has me kind of stumped and maybe leaning more towards believing it than not believing me it. Too. oh my goodness um look i'm excited maybe we should just jump straight into it shall we shall we go jump. okay so this is crazy uh the space race may not have gone exactly the way we think it did well, we know who won the space race. We know who won the space but race. But it's the losers we're concerned about. Yeah. So, after the end of World War II, a battle between capitalist America and the communist Soviet Union began. The tensions of the war were embedded in everyday life in the mid-1950s. Space travel was just one of the Cold War's arenas. The two are now also competing for technological supremacy in space. That is like one of my favorite quotes. Technological supremacy. That like, means that the robots are getting us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, who will have the first robot hologram? Yeah. Anyway, on October 4th, 1957, uh, Sputnik, Russian for traveler, was the first official satellite launched into space and was placed into Earth's orbit. I can't, honestly can't take Sputnik seriously since that Friends episode <laughs> oh, where yeah. Ross comes as Spud. Nick, get it? Yeah, yeah. that's all I think of when well, you say Sputnik. <laughs> there's also a satellite. It's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. So, the surprise... This surprise made America nervous as Sputnik seemed capable of launching a nuclear warhead into U.S. airspace. And while you're in a war, it's pretty terrifying. I mean, we've had some similar stuff happen we today. Have. That's another That's podcast. Another podcast. That's another podcast. So, gathering Soviet military intelligence was now a very urgent matter. A year later, in 1958, the U.S. launched its own satellite into space and President Eisenhower signed off on the establishment of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA. Oh, what? I know, crazy. <laughs> it's amazing how N-A-S-A could spell NASA. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. So, NASA wasn't the only thing that Eisenhower set up at that time. Okay. There were two other programs that ran simultaneously and were both matters of national security. 
the U.S. Air Force was in charge of the first. Their task, to determine military potential in space. That was their whole task. Okay. The second was headed by the CIA, the Air Force, and the National Reconnaissance Office. And uh, that was to use the orbiting satellites to gather intel on the Soviet Union and any of their allies. The kicker for me is that the existence of the National Reconnaissance Office was kept classified until the 1990s. (laughs) Nobody knew it it existed until, like, under 30 years ago. There's stuff we don't know now. I know! That's terrifying and interesting. I want to know more. Imagine what they're keeping classified at the moment. (gasps) What relationships are classified? (gasps) What technology is classified? Stop, Julie, stop! (laughs) So in 1961, Yuri Gagarin, a Soviet cosmonaut... Good job. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I'm really good with that name. Yeah. That name's great. That was good. Yeah. Um, Became the first person not only in space, but to orbit the Earth. A trip that took under two hours. That surprises me. I thought it would take longer than... It took, like... There's, like, mixed reports. Some say that it took um, an hour and 29 minutes. Some say it took... Uh, just under two hours. So, in like, like years? Me, like, I don't know. That doesn't seem long enough. No. Well, we'll see. Like, that's. I can't even. I. Like, I can't even hop on a plane and get no. to Europe in that time. No. I mean, some people can, but we cannot. We can. We can just get to Melbourne. Not even Melbourne. Just get to Melbourne. Sydney. Sydney. That's it. That's it. We can't even get to. Sorry. For listeners that are not from Australia. But we can't even get to Cairns, which is in our state, state. in yeah. under three hours. Yeah. It's a big country. But not what we're talking about. Um, this was super unfortunate for America because they had planned to be sending someone in space two months after this happened. They'd been working on a smaller model of spacecraft using chimpanzees as test pilots before the Soviets' capsule-like spacecraft had beaten them to the sky. So they were nothing short of disappointed when they realised they were literally just a few weeks out of, like, breaking away. But the chimpanzees as pilots is like, guys, they're so cute. But also, guys, leave the poor chimpanzees They don't need to go to space. Why are you sending them to test? Test dodgy stuff on yourself if you want to test yeah. it on someone. Two months later, as scheduled, Alan Shepard became the first American in space. However, he did not orbit the Earth. So Yuri Gagarin did. Alan Shepard did not. Did not. He okay. was just the first American in space. The NASA program had never planned for orbiting, so were once again taken by surprise when the Soviet Union had pulled off both feet. A couple of uh, the next person in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did get to orbit the Earth, but not Alan Shepard. And we've seen, like, that kind of story come out in a few movies recently. Yeah. And we were, like, we get that bit. So more than 500 people have gone into space since Gagarin's first trip. But even after all of that, these men may not have been the first people in space. They may have been the first people to return. Yeah. Should we talk about it a little a little after this like musical interlude? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, KB. Yes, Julie. Did you know that there is a theory 
mm-hmm. floating about the internet. And probably out in space. In space? Yeah. Isn't that... Where's the internet? I don't even know. Oh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's not think about that. That some cosmonauts... Yes. ...may have existed pre-Yuri's flight. Yes. Splash. Whatever you call a space flight. It is yes, a flight. It is right? a flight. You're flying. Yeah, yeah, they go up in the just sky. Just further up. They just don't stop for a while. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There was yeah some attempts pre that, mm-hmm. and basically they are unspoken of. Like how many are we talking? Like a few. Whoa. Like enough for people to go, I think we're missing some people. Yeah. In space. In space. Like, where did I put them? I swear I left them just there. Oh, man. So the lost cosmonauts or phantom cosmonauts are subject of the conspiracy theory alleging that the Soviet cosmonauts went to outer space before Yuri, but their existence has never been publicly acknowledged. But, like, that makes sense because Russia is pretty secretive. (laughs) Yeah. They don't like to be forthcoming with any information they have. No, but at the same time, I guess there were, like, accidents and stuff that happened that we do know of. A lot of accidents that we do know of. Yeah. Like, deaths that we know of. Yes. Like, fatal accidents. Fatal accidents. I should have put that in front of accidents. Fatal. Keep going, keep going. I haven't made up my mind yet. So, theory suggests that lost cosmonauts, um, sorry, theorists suggests that the lowest cosmonauts theories argues that the Soviet Union attempted to launch two or more manned space flights prior to Gag... Ga- how did you say it? Gagarin. Gagarin's. Gosh, she's good, guys. <laughs> Gagarin's. And that at least two cosmonauts died in those attempts. Um, another cosmonaut, Vladimir Lushin, or Lushin, or a Russian name that I can't pronounce. Yeah. Again, guys, you know we're bad at names if you listen to our previous episodes. <laughs> is I listened to our Simpsons episode today. <laughs> Castanellanan. It was bad. Anyway, um, Mr. Vlad is believed to have landed off course and been held by the Chinese government. The government of the Soviet Union supposedly suppressed this information to prevent bad publish- publicity during the height of the Cold War. Okay. All right. The evidence cited to support lost cosmonaut theories is generally generally regarded as inconclusive, and several cases have been confirmed as hoaxes. Okay. So, I guess that's the other thing with there's so much, so many confirmed deaths. Yeah. From Soviets and Russia's space program, yeah. why would they bother to hide two, or maybe a couple more? Well, the other side of that is like. People who, 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 most of these people who were cosmonauts mm-hmm. or working on the space program had families. Exactly. I mean, sometimes you can be uh, enticed to not divulge mm. uh, information. Mm. 
but surely there's somewhere something has been written down or there's Even now, people like, that have been like, no, my I, my granddad, yeah, he was there the whole time. And and so, like, but, like, even things with, like, Ancestry DNA, Ancestry.com yeah. with people finding out their relatives now, yeah. people would notice a hole in their family tree, even if it is an entire family that's gone missing. Yeah. You'd be like, um, didn't I have great, great, great auntie and uncle... Bob, yeah. Bob, yeah. Bob, yeah. So that I guess I don't know. Keep going, keep going. In the 1980s, American journalist James Oberg researched space-related disasters in the Soviet Union, but found no evidence of the lost cosmonauts. Since the fall of the Soviet Union in the early 1990s, much previously restricted information is now available, including on Valentin Bondarenko. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a would-be cosmonaut whose death during training on Earth was covered up by the Soviet government. So he died mm. prior to flight. Mm. But that was just restricted information. Yes. Turns that out. That we found out about. <laughs> How awful is that, though? Like, can imagine being in charge of those experiments? And it would have been probably something to do with can he withstand certain pressure yeah. or that kind of thing. Being in charge of that minute. Oopsies. Yeah. Oh, Killed God, him. there was definitely, there was definitely, like, if you read about them, it's, like, a little sickening. Yeah. Um, because but, you are, practically, you're, you're trialing yeah. lots and lots of different elements. Yeah. And it has to be trialed on humans. Yeah. Because we're the only ones with our exact physiology. Gagarin was really short, too. Was he tiny? Yeah, so it came down to two uh, cosmonauts. Um, sorry, guys, taking a sidetrack because I love this because we're basically the same height. Um, Whoa! Yeah, and because their little capsule was... is was uh, It could only fit someone tiny in it, it came down to Gagarin and one other person. And Gagarin was 1.57... Like meters, one point five seven, one hundred and fifty seven centimeters. Wow, so that is like two centimeters shorter than I am, and I'm very short. <laughs> I'm yeah, so I'm He's relatively standard height for a woman, yeah. and I'm five seven. Yeah, hundred and seventy centimeters. Yeah, he was five two. He's a little. My mom's five two. So your bookie. Isn't that amazing? He's just a little guy. So I guess there was also that thing of like, how do we like combat? different heights and all like i just i can't imagine how to do it in the middle of a war in the middle of a war with technology that is brand spanking new mm. slash potentially underdeveloped and that could have yeah um but imagine like just like going to the races and being like any smart jockeys looking for a physicist or just wondering (laughs) you look light and tiny ready for a trip to space (laughs) Well, now we're getting we're getting to the point where we can be like anyone who wants a trip to space. Well, that's true. who wants to go live on Mars. But it's not like you can. And the other, I think the other problem for me is that I kind of I need solid facts. I'm I'm not just a like a maybe kind of gal. Believing say, yeah, you know. And the fact, I mean, we are in space, so this is problematic. Problematic. But there isn't any evidence out there to suggest that. It has happened. It has happened. And there have been other, like, restricted... There has been restricted and... and, and what's, what's, the, what's the word when it's, like... When you're in the CIA or whatever and it's... it's, it's oh, I'll figure Could it out. It? No. no. 
Okay. It was... Um, cool story. Cool story, KB. Oh, it's not confidential. It's not restricted. It's a word Classified. Within. Classified. I did it by... Like the ads. Classified information that maybe will be opened up to public later. Eventually. Eventually. Which I, oh, God. Oh, I'm thinking about it again. <laughs> so there are little bits here and there that do show some pretty dodgy stuff. Yeah. That have been... That's been covered up. So, um... In 1960s, which is, this is not a great way to start an evidence sentence, but in 1960s, science fiction author Robert A. Heinlein wrote in his article, Pravada means truth, um, that on May 15th, 1960, while traveling in Vilnius in the Soviet Lithuania, he was told by Red Army cadets that the Soviet Union had launched a man into orbit that day. But that later, but later that same day, it was denied by officials. Um, well, that could have been people just getting their information wrong. That's true. Heinlein speculated that Corbel Sputnik 1 was an orbital launch, later said to be unnamed, and that the retro rockets had fired in the wrong attitude, making recovery efforts unsuccessful. So he's yeah. he's claiming that, like, it happened, but maybe we... Maybe we shouldn't talk about it because some people died. Yeah. Like, that's what he thinks has happened. Yeah. And possibly that's the other thing. i got a lot of thoughts about this, guys. I didn't think I did, but I do. Is that venturing into the unknown and venturing outside of the planet, like, that's a scary thing. And maybe if it becomes a, a even scarier thing when you start involving fatality, the public's going to freak out a little bit. Yeah. 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 So... Would... Would audio evidence make you feel better? Oh, my goodness. Because i got some of that, too. <gasps> what? Um, the Judicia Court... Oh, again. The names. Judicia Cordiglia Brothers are... Cordiglia? Cordiglia? Mm-hmm. Are two former amateur radio operators who made audio recordings at Torbert and allegedly support the conspiracy theory that the Soviet space program covered up cosmonaut deaths. The pair claimed to have audio, uh, recorded audio of several secret Soviet space missions <gasps> that ended in calamity and mystery. <sighs> this has generated, obviously, a lot of public interest. Um, but uh, it's still, like, where is this? Where is this audio recording? Great. Where is it? You've said you've had it. Can Show we me. Hear it now. Yeah, we cannot. We can't. No, we can't. Oh, so man. that's that's where these things kind of start. Like the seams start coming undone a little bit. Yeah. But it's not not believable. It's not not believable. I tr- I do. You do need to. There would definitely need to be tests before they couldn't have launched their first man uh dri- man driven i don't know how to, what's the term is um manned um, manned oh there we go it's been a long day guys we usually record in the morning and now we're recording at night it's a red hot mess like, at night Bleh. this reminds me a lot about one of our other podcasts <laughs> is that um, um um yeah is you can't have a successful mission straight off the, the bat no so sh- there was definitely would have been test runs, and there like even Gagarin himself died in a training flight. Yeah. Like he wasn't even going into space; he was just in a normal aircraft doing a training flight. Yeah. So I guess he's like, "I've done one; I'll do another." Yeah. Turns out you shouldn't. You should, and but also like, 
I guess if that's the kind of thing you signed up for and your family signs up for and they're like, it's cool. Yeah, we and know well, what we're in for. That's still what I think of the people that are said to be going to live on Mars. Yeah. So they're saying to them, like, everything's all set up. You're like, And we this... might not even, like, they might, we might be told that they land and they're living happily ever after. And they may never land. Yeah, or, we'll never know. Like, yeah. And even though we've got all the technology now, and apparently they'll have the technology there to be able mm-hmm. to connect with family yeah. and video call them and all that kind of thing that you can do in space now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. like, we won't actually can really. We yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I'm not saying that I don't believe it. I think that it's a very real possibility that people went up before Gagarin and I I don't think that takes away any of his achievement or his uh, praise or the statues that have been built and the awards that he's won and all that kind of stuff because he was the first man to orbit the earth that potentially I guess we don't know if there were test the other cosmonauts orbit maybe some got halfway around exactly (laughs) oh but he it's a massive achievement and that's not taking it is a massive achievement I'm I'm saying I'm saying it's believable. It's believable. I I don't know whether or not I believe it, but it is believable. You can understand why. The Americans tested with chimpanzees. If the Soviet Union wasn't testing with chimpanzees or animals, (laughs) it's likely that they were were sending up test pilots that were human beings. Yeah. (gasps) Maybe they were death row inmates. That would be clever. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Prisoners now I'm of, wondering. We're getting too far. We're getting I'm too actually far. wondering now. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I think I just created a new conspiracy theory. Maybe you have, and maybe one day we will be able to come back with an answer. <laughs> but that but day is not today. It's like I can see it happening. I just I don't know if I believe that they would release some information and not all information yeah, around that particular topic. Me too. Well, KB, where can these lovely ladies and gentlemen find us? Oh my goodness, so many ways. If you have liked this episode, you can catch us. Obviously, you found us on your favourite podcatcher. So make sure you subscribe and rate and review us. Tell us what you're liking about the apps. Tell us what you want to hear more of. We want to be making stuff that you want to listen to. Exactly. And if you can't rate, review, and subscribe for whatever reason on your favorite podcast, a podcaster, podcatcher, you can find us on Facebook. You can. At, at Elvis Lives Podcast. You can also email us at elvislivespodcast at gmail.com. That's it. And if you want to find out, like, what we look like or what other podcasts we've been on. If you want to have a bit of a stalk. If you want to have a bit of a stalk. But also, And don't also stalk a stalk us. of the network. Then your best bet is to go to that's not com forward slash Elvis Lives. That's it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Have an Monday. awesome week. Yeah. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.